Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott's Scott Podcast, and we're joined by Matthew Templeton. How are we? I'm great, man. It's good to be back. Mate, so I need to ask you, how's Sober October going? Uh, surprisingly well, honestly. not been even thinking about it, drinking, I've actually enjoyed it. been a lot of health benefits, and but I'm looking forward to get back to it on Friday. Oh, fair play, mate. I like three more days, big man, and that's you back to the drink. <laughs> that's it, that's it. I hope Never thought I'd do it. And we're also joined by Tony Welsh, who is currently in his car, so sorry if you hear any noise in the background. Uh, so, Tony, how are we? Hi, good, mate. Yourself? I'm very well, mate. So, you just came back from Canada. <clears throat> how was it? I know. I mate. Gutted to be back, to be honest. Could be doing well all week. <laughs> How's the weather? It's brilliant, mate. I only won bad day in the ten I was there, so can't complain. Did you manage to watch Celtic games as well? Uh, not really, mate, to be honest. I got caught in traffic the other night for the uh, European game, so I was a bit gutted about that, to be honest. Aye, uh, I can imagine, mate. Um, so, uh, we're also joined by Josh Freer. Josh, how are we? I, I can imagine you're not doing too well after Aberdeen's result at the weekend. I'm doing fine, mate, but no, um, no uh, the result was a sore one to take, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, we may as well just kick off talking about that then because boys we've no done a podcast in about three weeks or so because we've all been busy and that kind of stuff but now we're back and let's just get right into it so Josh I'll start with you so Josh that was a terrible result for Aberdeen at the weekend they're losing 4-0 to Celtic okay, what was your thoughts on it it was a embarrassing performance and a terrible result yeah I mean it was a pretty sore one to take for us especially coming off of last week beating Motherwell 3-0 convincingly away from home um, I kind of had a bit of high hopes coming into this game because obviously with that win I think Celtic during the week even though they beat Lazio maybe they may be a little bit tired and lacklustre so hopefully I thought we could maybe take advantage of that but no Celtic were ruthless on the day and none of our players turned up yeah, and it's like even the goals Aberdeen conceded, Josh, they were really pathetic. Um, the defence was all over the place, and as soon as Edwards scored in the first 10 minutes, it was like the Aberdeen players just threw the tail in and gave up. Uh, it, it's a real concern, especially against Celtic. I mean, we just seem to kind of lay down to them, really at Pataudry. I don't think we've beaten them at Pataudry in about three years, mm-hmm. so... It says a lot when it comes to our record in Celtic. But no, like, once Edward scored, I just knew that it was just going to be one of those days of just playing for pride, really, because Celtic were just on the rampage, you know? Mm-hmm. I know that I know uh, the Rangers result where we beat his 5 0 was a terrible performance as well, right? But what would you say was worse? The performance against Celtic at the weekend or the performance against Rangers? I know they're equally as bad, right? But what would you say, in your opinion, was more weak and pathetic from Aberdeen? Uh, probably the Celtic game, I'd say, because like you were saying, like, um, we, we, nothing for us, there was nothing f- that went forward for us in the entire game. And plus, I stayed a little bit longer for the Celtic game. So. Mm-hmm. What minute did um, you pack it in? <laughs> did you stay at the full 90? 70, like, oh, no, I, I left it at the 75th or something like that. Yeah, I don't blame you, mate, honestly. Uh, like, obviously, you stay as Falkirk, isn't it? Aye. Yeah, so, so you're trekking all the way up to Falkirk, train fares, getting a ticket, all that kind of stuff, and Aberdeen serve up that kind of performance, mate. It's, it's simply 
like not good enough, um, and it's not fair on you. It's just for the for the Aberdeen fans as well. Spend all that hard in ca- hard in cash to watch that dross. Ah uh, no, mate, it's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, uh, I don't know where to go from here. It just we need to pick up the results in the upcoming games against Hamilton and Cowie. Mm-hmm. There's no other way um, around it, you know. I've, I've said many times uh, to you, Josh. When I look at the Aberdeen side right now. I just feel as though there's like in the I mean, even when you look at the final four, there's no creativity there. I feel like now again is his best days are behind him, and even in the midfield, there's no spine. It's just weak. It's so so weak, and it's it, it, you're really missing a player like Graham Shinney. Oh, we are, and it's not just we're missing like players like like Ferguson and Ojo. I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect, but at least like they would offer a little bit more, you know. But I think the game on um, Sunday, there was just nothing there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the defence was just all over the place, you know. But you're right, there is no spine to the team and a lack of creativity. And you can't get any way around that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just something needs to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Tony, I'll come to you here. Do you feel as though you dodged a bullet with Scott McKenna? Definitely, mate. I I just Scott McKenna I don't think would cut it at either of the old firm to be honest just don't think the guy's good enough mm-hmm. yeah I, I, like, so, see the amount of bids that Celtic put in for Scott McKenna it was it, it was quite mind boggling how I think he's put in like five or six bids it was something like that it was it was a ridiculous amount and Celtic kept getting rejected I that was at Aberdeen or wanting like close to 10 million for him or something like that that's that, right which there's just no yeah. chance even a team right now if you'd be lucky to get that for Scott McKenna yeah exactly like even it's not even like domestically he's rotten for the international team as well the guy I don't know what he, how he's a footballer to be honest Matt, so Matt what would you say Scott McKenna's level is? He's like, I would say his level right now is Aberdeen um, like, I think, Straight to I the point. Know, <laughs> um, no, honestly, I think at times he shows why Celtic were working maybe like last season or season before he was pretty good. Um, it was like a solid rock in the bag, but it's just, I think it's just, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a confidence thing at the moment or it's just because the team's doing badly, he's doing badly, but he's just not performing at all at the moment. He looks shaky. Um, so does the whole team, to be fair. And like uh, Tony mentioned as well, he's not doing it for Scotland either. Um, so I just don't, I just don't see a good player there just now. He's just a wee bit too error prone, I think. You know, and he's costing too many slack goals and giving the ball away too cheaply. I just think he does that far too often for a centre half. Yeah, no, I think he does. I think he tries to act more confident than he is. He should just do the simple things well, and the rest will come. It's, I, I, to be fair, I don't think his head's in it at Aberdeen. Like, I mean, I know he handed in a transfer request and it got knocked back, so it, that could be a factor in his kind of dip performance. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that could be a point. I think if the, Aberdeen probably should, if the guys manage to sell him, excuse me, if they do manage to sell him, they should use that money to invest in a, a spine because they might still get a fair whack from him because he's a young Scottish player who might have a bit of potential. To get, say, five million at the absolute most, they can invest that back in the team. The thing is, like, is it, I think it was like last season, at the start of last season, I think it was like Aston Villa um, put in seven million for him, but we rejected yeah. it. But boy, I wish we had took that in there. I um, your hand up for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, 
and we're not going to see that ever again probably for him Josh how many years has Scott McKenna got left in his deal in his deal oh I don't know like maybe a couple One years two, something like that yeah and see the way it's going just now it's clear as day McKenna wants out right so see Aberdeen uh, not accepting those bids for Scott McKenna when he clearly wants to go it's going to come back and bite them because he can end up leaving on a free or you will end up just selling them for maybe two million or something like that and not getting the fee that you desire for him like what like for the seven million six million that Aberdeen value him at you won't get that due to like the club being so stubborn exactly. and thinking that, and basically holding the guy hostage. <laughs> yeah, and we've had players leave in the, in the past for free before. I don't want it to get to that case again. But I, I yeah. still think we can cash in on him a bit. Um, it's just, I think he needs the right club to go to. I think it was like Nottingham Forest earlier on in the season were interesting. And I think he thought he would hand in a chance. What was that? Sorry, I just like can imagine making a world of their back. That's the stuff of nightmares, man. <laughs> 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 Possibly, yeah. but um, no, like I, I don't know. I, I still think we can get a bit of money for him. I don't know, like what you would say, but how much you would say is worth. It. Maybe like two to three, maybe a bit less. I would say in the current market nowadays, um, I would say, I would say maybe. Scott McKenna's three point five, right? Because see, even Scott McKenna's. Oh, like, on form and on his day I actually think there's a player in there I actually do think he's a good player but in the recent months he's been utterly horrific so he has been oh, but I think that might mate. be due to his mentality because he doesn't want to play yeah. for the club anymore I think well he's coming off a bit of an injury just now but you're right I think um, even before his injury he was pretty much rank rotten for us um, like you say there was no spine to the defence and midfield that kind of contributed towards that. Yeah, yeah. and see Graham Shinney, right? Oh, uh, uh, you go Tony. Was it, sorry? Uh, no, I, 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 I thought it was you, Tony talking there. Um, I was just going to make a point about Graham Shinney there. Graham Shinney technically wasn't the best, right? But he was a glue of the Aberdeen midfield. I said that for months and months. He was a glue of the Aberdeen midfield. He was, an, he was a leader. He worked his socks off. And when I look at the Aberdeen, Aberdeen team right now, there's no leaders on that team. The players just look like they're not playing for McInnes anymore whatsoever and I, I find it extremely alarming right how much Aberdeen are relying on Sam Cosgrove it is, it's a sad state of affairs when you're relying on Sam Cosgrove to effectively carry this Aberdeen side yeah and he has been to be honest with you um, I, think, I don't know how many goals he's, I think it's like 7 or something like Aye, that. 6 or 7 he scored this season Aye. but he needs but no, a service right he's, Aye, he's, one of these players that he can't just do it all on his own. He needs service from the wide areas. He needs service from the midfielders. And this season, he's not been getting that all that much. Uh, I, think it, I think like last season, that was given a lot of stick to camp Sam Cosgrove. Even though he did score a lot of goals, like there would be games he would just be brutal. Um, but see, this season, I'm actually giving him a bit of slack because I think it's the players around him who are playing to his strengths, you know. Um, it's just that lack of creativity we're missing and it's just on Saturday we were nowhere near the kind of standard of what you would kind of expect. Mm. Um, but, um, no, that was a training session for Celtic. Like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Matt, I was going to uh, ask you this. 
Did you see Gordon Stratton's comments uh, before the Aberdeen game? Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> um, he basically said that Aberdeen fans should be kissing Derek McInnes' feet for him still being at the club, for him knocking back the clubs that he, he has done. And uh, he, he was saying that Aberdeen are very fortunate to have someone like McInnes uh, at the club. Uh, what's your thoughts on the, those comments? I mean, he knocked down what a league one. So not the Rangers dropped back to... Not the Rangers job back question from Aberdeen point of view is brilliant, but at the end of the day, it's a results based business and he's not been the results at the moment, he's been pretty poor, so why should they be kissing his feet? Or rejected Rangers, I believe the results this season has been awful, so I don't like that mentality. Um, of course, like, for example, you get left dead by injuries, so of course, you wouldn't like, bow down to their feet because they've done good stuff. You've McInnes hasn't done an awful lot for Aberdeen, he's a bit of a fraud, I think, and he needs to buck up his ideas or he needs to walk. Yeah, uh, we've both said in the podcast before, uh, two seconds, Tony. Um, we've both said in the podcast before that, like, see McInnes, he's took Aberdeen as far as he can. It's time for a change now, but the only way he's going to go will be on his own accord. It, it, there's no way that Aberdeen board are going to sack him. No chance. Because ever since he rejected that Rangers job, Josh was said many times in this podcast, he, he was bulletproof from that day on. Uh, for rejection Rangers job uh, yeah. yeah of course it would um, especially during the time where everyone thought he was going to go um, but um, I think at the time it was a good thing for the club but now looking back they probably wish Rangers had got him you know me honestly like I that's a thing now Aberdeen fans right now are like oh my god I just wish McKenna went and took the Rangers job when Rangers came in for him but now we're like we dodged a big bullet because look at us now like it's I we're very yeah, very fortunate like... it's a blessing in disguise hey Tony sorry to cut you off there what were you going to say no, I think it wasn't me mate it wasn't yeah. me that was speaking it was Josh alright sorry because <laughs> you sound quite, sound quite similar um but yeah, uh, Rangers definitely dodged a bullet with Derek McInnes. But Josh, um, before we go into Celtics, we've been speaking about Aberdeen for quite a bit here. Um, I, I feel like I ask this every week, right? But I don't think you've gave me a, a proper definitive answer, right? You said at the weekend that... I don't know if this was a drink talking, right? But you said at the weekend you would be willing for Gordon Stratton to replace Derek McInnes at Aberdeen. Yeah, I think like we're at the stage where why not, you know? I think he's a legend around the club. Like as a player he was amazing for us. And I think his managerial role I think he done fairly alright for Celtic. He done really well at Celtic, I Tony can vouch in that one. Strachan was a solid appointment for Celtic. Three three in a row and got us to the last sixteen twice. It's a very good record at Celtic. Uh, so he has it under his belt and I think to start off with Scotland, I think, would you say you done all right? Aye. Overall, I would say it was a failure, right? But see, over the last 11 years or so, well, basically ever since McLeish left uh, after, in his first tenure, I think Strachan's been the best out of a bad bunch, but the bar's very low with that one, mate. Like, it's very low, I would say. Aye, well, for, for Scotland, you know, it was a hit or miss. But, like, I think Aberdeen's at a stage now where we just need to place a bet on anyone just now. Um, I don't see McInnes leaving, so. But if I were to pick someone as a first candidate, I wouldn't um, be bothered if it was Gordon Strachan. 
being honest what, with you. What about Jack Ross? He, he's not got a job at the moment. From Sunderland? Nah, he's been sacked, uh, so... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know much about Jack Ross. Um, was he, uh, like, submitting or something like that before? He was submitting. He was at Aloha, done really well with Aloha. Then got submitted and promoted, done really well with them. Obviously, got a Sunderland yeah. job. Done all right with them, not the best, but... I've not really considered him as an option. The only people I've kind of considered was like the, um, Stephen Robinson from Motherwell and the Gordon Strachan. But, um, but no, Stephen I Robinson would be a good show. Unhappy with. What was it? Yeah, I, I was just saying Robinson would be a good show. Aye, no, it would be, especially what he's done with Motherwell, climbing yeah, the table with them over the years. But no, yeah, got to, got with him, I, I, would, like, but I wouldn't mind like, going like, striking at the club, no. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it would bring experience in that and certainly um, change attitudes, um, at least for the short term, until maybe a young, younger manager in, but I think something needs to change. Yeah, I'm going to just quickly oh. play devil's advocate here. Um, we were saying in the chat at the weekend, um, that, well, I said it in the chat, that I think he's a bit of a dinosaur, he might be a bit out of touch. Gone striking, because because obviously the Scotland job didn't go well. It was a failure, and he's he's not like even the job at Middlesbrough that was like ten years ago. He ended up getting sacked there. It would be a big risk, right? And I honestly don't think going striking's all that in tune with Scottish football. I think he's too much of the the old school for me. And I think if Aberdeen were going to go for someone, I think the ideal time is now to get rid of McInnes, which they won't, but um, in an ideal world, from Aberdeen's point of view, would be to get Jack Ross. Because I think he's a young manager, he's done great at St Mirren. As Matt was saying, the Sunderland job is a poison challenge. He took, took Sunderland to play off final, and Sunderland lost at the last minute. And they, quite, they had a, quite a shaky start, and Ross got the sack. And Sunderland, are, they're doing worse without him right now. <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely think Jack Ross is a a great shout for the Aberdeen job but he'll end up going to Hibs because I don't see Higginbottom lasting long there no, no that's a shame it'll be, uh, it'll be like Hibs of hearts yeah definitely but alright so, so we'll quickly come, come on to Celtic so Tony um, that was a good result for you at the weekend and uh, Edward was uh, running rampant so he was uh, that's what happens when you've got the best cycle in the country, Scott. You right, know. okay, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, before I'll let you say your piece on Celtic, then I've got a couple of wee things I want to bring up. <laughs> oh, I've got, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, continue. So, overall, Celtic's performance. Oh, right. Brilliant performance, to be honest. It took me by surprise. I can't remember the last time we went to Pitodre and won 4 0. Well, you won 3 0 to win the league last season. Four, but there's a difference. Yeah, I know, but you know what I'm saying, like, but it just seems like any time, like nowadays, any time the old fun play Aberdeen, it seems to be just an easy three points. I, I like a walkover. I'm sorry, Josh, today that you need to hear that, but it's true. I think this season definitely, but I would say a couple of seasons ago, like I, I, I can only obviously speak from a Celtic point of view, but. Pitodre was always one of the toughest games the ones that you would always kind of feel you would have to put in a good shift to come away with uh, three points but this season I definitely I, don't get me wrong I wasn't expecting to go there and win 4-0 I was expecting if we were going to get anything out of that game we would have had to have dug in deep but 
it just didn't go Aberdeen's way. I think, as Josh kind of said, they played into your hands. Um, Matt, you see what Stevie Thompson said at the weekend? I did. I did he I said thought, that Aberdeen yeah. lay down to Celtic. I've I seen that, and I think, I think Tom was banging the money. I think... I don't think they intentionally do it. I just think they've got that mentality. Yeah, of like, yeah. Oh, you know, always, they always pump us and that. Um, but if they have a strong mentality and work hard, uh, do the basics right, they might start finding themselves getting results. But they just got that mentality. It's like, oh, it all turns into uh, we're gonna get beat here. Yeah, they've just got that negative mentality, and I feel as though that comes from the manager. It probably does. That's, He's probably uh, the way their tactics are set up. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd say. We just have a manager who's fear itself. You know, and you kind of just hit the nail on the head there, Matt. Like, it's just the mentality coming up against Celtic because we know what results we've had against them before. Like, either getting beat 3 now in like, games prior. Like, it's just that stuck in our head. And we put everyone behind the ball, like, trying to... I think we were trying to mark them man on man, but Celtic were always going to get the upper hand on that, you know? George, want to hear a wee stat for you? All right. Aberdeen have only won four league games in 2019, uh, 2019 at home. Four league games at home in 2019. That, uh, is, a, no, shocking. that is shocking, that stat. Four league games yeah. won at tw- in 2019. That is, I can't believe that. That's nuts. I don't think it was that bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, mate. Just basically the whole year. I know. It's just a change needs to happen. I think it was like last season like we had gone a long run without winning at home. Mm-hmm. I think it was from December all the way to April or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just see when oh, I read that stat, only four home league wins in 2019. I was like, whoa, I'm like, surely Aberdeen cannot be playing this bad, especially at home. <laughs> like, but And obviously the Aberdeen fans, you've got this, you're planning on getting this new stadium built. There's no way that's going to sell out if the, the status quo stays the way it is. No chance. Because it's like, you're struggling to like, eat, sell out, just out, even just fill Pataudry at this rate. Uh, I'm not, mate. We can't sell out Pataudry, even Celtic and Rangers. That's the other thing I was thinking at the weekend, is just how many empty seats there were. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just no atmosphere at all. You could only hear was the Celtic fans, you know, being mm-hmm. honest. And I'm the... Sure that's what, sorry? Do you think that's down to McInnes still being the manager like a lot of Aberdeen fans want him out? Um, I think I think if things don't change in the next few games I can see more people wanting him out. There is a bit of resistance to try and like get him out of the club especially after the the loss against Rangers and the manner of it and obviously after the games leading up to the Celtic ones weren't exactly great. But I think there are more people wanting him out because it's the same yeah. tactics and same lineup he's doing. You know, does that yeah. make sense? Or no, it yeah. does. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's, it's just a staleness. Aye, there's just a staleness around in Aberdeen right now, mate. Um, but I just want to bring this up, right? Obviously, Tony mentioned Edward there, right? And Tony, I remember. I think <laughs> you and I had a wee bet uh, the other week. We made a wee bet the other week uh, where I said that Jermaine Defoe and Morelos will score more goals than Edward. This season and see so far, mate, Defoe scored more goals and also right. Do you know Edwards played more minutes in Defoe, much more minutes and Defoe's got a couple more goals on him, and of course Marielos has got more goals than Edwards like because Marielos is 
the best striker in the country. The guy's killing He's it right now. Don't. Right, listen, right, so if, see if you're going to use that analogy, right? If you're going to use that analogy, right? <laughs> Clint Hill scored against Celtic. Does that make him better than Alfredo Morelos? No, absolutely right. not. Right, and then oh, Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Best player in the world for me, right? He's never scored against Celtic. I don't know. Messi has, but I also believe he's the best player in the world. Scored, but so the, seeing you using the, the <laughs> seeing you using the like saying, oh, but he also never scored against Celtic. That automatically makes Edward better. No, it doesn't. It's a wee monkey on his I back, guess. right? He needs to get it off his back, but like that doesn't no, make Edward a better like, player. I never said it made him a better player. I just said it shows he's a big game player, and that's the difference between so Morelos, an average. He scored against Porto, mate. That's the biggest. But he score scored in Europe scored. as well, mate. He's he's record in Europe, sublime. Sublime. Yes. Who like who else this season in Europe? Hmm? That's this season. I'm talking in general, but overall. Overall, he, he can do it. Good as well. Either way, mate, you're never going to change my opinion on that. That is never going to happen. I will never, ever, One thing never. we can agree on in this, right, is Edward and Morelos are two top-class strikers, and we're, we're lucky to have them both playing in our league. I think we can both agree on that. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, well, they, they are two kind of key, key members of each team, definitely. There's no question about that. Do you think... So, are you very confident that Edward's going to score more goals than Morelos in uh, Defoe this season? I never said he would score more goals, mate. I just think... No, I'm just saying, are you confident about it? I don't see there's any reason why he couldn't. You know, I really don't. Especially the way he's playing right now. He's scoring, kind of, near enough two goals a game. You know, I can't really complain too much. So, how do you feel about the future for Griffiths? Do you think he's out of the equation? Especially when you've got Edward who's buying them in, left, right and centre. I think the problem really Griffiths is he's a, like maybe a, a similar to what he's were talking about McInnes there's a slight staleness there now where you know on his day Griffiths is a really good player but he's hot or cold you know I think his attitude sometimes lets him down he's he's very limited I'd say is the best way I could describe Lee Griffiths he seems really entitled doesn't he? He, he he thinks he's the best striker at the club he actually believes that in his mind because remember I, when he, I, just, I think it was a couple of years ago, where he scored in a uh, Champions League qualifier or whatever, then he ran up to the crowd and he was like, I'm number one. This is when you had Dembele still at the club. Uh, that, that's, that was when Edward and Dembele were both there at that Guy's point. Guy's delusional, it was against, man. It was against uh, Rosenberg, actually. It was last season. I think we scored for like the last minute, the goal in the last minute to win it or something. But uh, I just think He's a very limited player. That's the best way I could describe him. On his day, he's a good player. Absolutely, he will get you goals. But I think he's he's all left foot, and he has zero physical presence for him. And that's the way you need to play in Scotland to be a good striker. Yeah. Another thing I would, I would add to that is I think Celtic have moved on from Griffiths. Like better players now, a different squad when he was like the main man. It's just I think it's just I think Celtic have just moved on. There's no real need for him anymore. I would agree with that, Matt. I, I do think he's obviously he struggles with injury a lot as well. You know, he's he's always injured. He's he's don't get me wrong. He's a good backup option to have. I would. You know, there's a lot worse you could have on the bench than Lee Griffiths. But I I do agree, Matt. I think maybe you're right. Celtic have moved on and away from Griffiths. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah, and uh, obviously, Tony. Before I let you go, because um, we're going to move on to Rangers after this. 
Um, I need to get your thoughts on the Livy performance because obviously we didn't do a podcast that week after the Livy result, but we need to speak about it. Um, what were your thoughts on it, mate? That was a, a, a total shambles from start to finish. Aye, it was, it was obviously a terrible performance, pretty spineless. Uh, it was one of those games that you could just feel from the get-go it wasn't going to go other way, no matter kind of how many chances we had. So like, the way kind of Livy set up, you know, you have to give them credit. The Celtic played into their hands and they obviously get a couple of goals at it from our kind of frustration. What did you make of Christie's red card? I thought that was absolutely daft of the boy. It was, but, you know, it's not... Ryan Christie's not that type of player. Like I do think it was just a bit. He's just kind of lost his head for a moment, or just kind of maybe not really thought about what he's doing. Because it was an enough an area about but... the pitch, mate. Like it was an enough uh, an area about the pitch. I could not understand his rationale behind it. I think he's just lost. He's kind of just at that moment of madness, mate. He's just completely kind of not thought about what he's doing, and I. Uh, it was a red card all day long. There's nobody that can question that. But I like if. If it was a different type of player, like, you know, Brown or somebody, you could maybe understand. But Ryan Christie's not that type of player, you know. And so what did um, you make of Dyke's performance? He, he did run the Celtic defence ragged. He did. He played very well, wasn't he? Like, he was very, he was a good, strong physical presence up front. Kind of, he burst about our centre-halves and he managed to score it. It was at that lob, it was a peach. Yeah, it was a belter. See, like Ryan Christie, did he not like get a lot of stick from Celtic fans? Did he not? He was, like, and he's getting quite a few pillars on Twitter, but at the end of the day, mate, you're going to get idiots from all I delete his Twitter, that's right. Uh, I, know, I know, I agree, you always get like twats like that in football. It's how it happens too much of a case nowadays with social media. There's no such thing as the perfect fan, you know, like, there's always people that can act entitled and think they can say what they want, and I don't like that, mate, but, aye, it was a stupid thing for Chris to do, but did, does he deserve that abuse or whatever was getting said about him on Twitter? No, no chance. Um, and, Tony, I need to ask you this. Right, when I seen this, I was in hysterics for laughter, right, when I seen that, I couldn't believe it. And if a Rangers player said this, I would, have, I would want his contract terminated. Don't care who it is, right? <laughs> so, do you know, obviously, you've seen what Julian said a few days after the oh, Levy defeat. He said he felt nervous. This £7 million signing felt nervous playing against the Levy at the Tony Macaroni Stadium. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I do agree, mate, but at the end of the day, Julian is a solid player. I think he's proved that, you know, I think... You need to mention his performance against Lazio. There's been no mention of that yet. He was brilliant. He was brilliant against Rangers. He's a solid player. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what he's talking about, what he's saying, but Julian, he's had more good games for us than bad. You've got to give the guy a bit of credit there. Come on. No, he's, he has played well, don't get me wrong, but it was like him saying that. Like uh, An old firm player should never come out with that patter. Never in a million years. You can never picture someone like... Barry Ferguson or Neil Lennon coming out saying something like that. True, but at the end of the day, players like Barry Ferguson and Neil Lennon were born into Celtic and Rangers. Or know, even even like, uh, uh, even a thought like someone like Larson or uh, a Brian Loudrop, someone like that. You can never picture them coming out and saying, "Yeah, I felt nervous playing against Slivy today" or whatever. Just like, an old fun player, regardless, should never say something like that. I do agree, mate. I don't necessarily think it's the best thing to say, but 
to say his contract should be ripped up because he said that. Like, it's a bit. It's a wee bit tongue in cheek. Wee bit of tongue in cheek there, but yeah, it's a wee bit of tongue in cheek. Anyway, Scott, before I go, are you going to mention our amazing performance against Lazio? Uh, you mention I can't even stream it. Was a, it was a good performance. Uh, yeah, I thought he's played well, worked really hard. And uh, yeah, it was a deserved result, mate. It's hit it. Can't yeah, even stream Sitting top of the group, mate. You can't, can't complain there. And it was a good result for us as well, mate. Uh, good result it for was. Scottish clubs in general. Good result it away was, for Rangers mate. against Porto. Getting a point and then obviously Celtic beating Lazio. Good for the coefficient, my man. That's it, like it was. I'll be honest, the Rangers result especially took me by surprise. Like I thought he's gonna get a result against Porto at home, but that's a cracking result away from home. Absolutely. Yeah, it's massive, mate. And uh, see you after you go, mate. <laughs> Matt and I will be raving about it <laughs> for the next half an hour. I'm sure you will, mate. <laughs> Is right. that my cue to go then? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to stick around and listen to this for half an hour? <laughs> nah, nah, sorry, right, mate. I'm sure I'll hear it after you on Friday. Aye, most likely, my man. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tony, cheers, my man. I'll speak to you soon, bro. Right, cheers, lad. See you. Right, see you all, my man. Right. See you. Right, so Matty T, let's so let, we'll move on to Rangers now. Josh, do you want to stick around for this? Um, is it only if I go, mate? Because I'm actually working on it. Aye, go for it, mate, if you want. Fire ahead, mate. Yeah, fire ahead, my man. What, mate? Oh, no, no problem, mate. I no problem at all. No problem at all, my man. So, uh, hopefully see you Friday and I'll let you know when this is uploaded. Uh, no worries. See you as well. Bye-bye. All right, so on, my man. So, right, Matty T, where do we start with Rangers? We've got a lot of content we missed out on. We do, we do. Right, so where are we starting, big man? Right, we start, now, uh, we're still on the call, by the way. Um, and I, we'll start by a positive note. Um, great result, mate. Great performance. You take it away. Indeed. What was that, sorry? You take it away. You take it away. Oh, and you go. I mean, like the four years. Oh, <laughs> Talk right, about right, how right, brilliant right, we were. We were superb, mate. I, I, I had a wee blonde moment. Yeah, no, we were absolutely superb. Um, I thought, away from home at Porto, I thought, um, we could, I thought we could, could have maybe got a draw, but I was just thinking that it's more likely that, more than likely that Porto will win. It'll be a, if they did win, it would be a small margin because we're very good in Europe um, these days. But we we done very well. We dug in deep. We done the basics right. And to be honest, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't come away with a win. Um, um, but that's that's saying something. That's credit to Stephen Gerrard and what he's done with this team. Yeah, exactly, mate. I thought we played a lot of good stuff as well. Like throughout the game, we were we were alert. We were. We were aware our our our, our match sharpness was superb. Uh, like even just to be short passes, to be like the the play was it was it was phenomenal to watch. And uh, obviously, and it has to be said, Ryan Jack for the first goal. Um, going to cut him a bit of slack because you know that's very uncharacteristic of Ryan Jack to make a mistake like that. And Ryan Jack for me has been our best midfielder for months. So yeah, we, we Ryan Jack deserves a pass in that, a hundred and ten percent. And uh, we yeah, responded really well because when they scored, it was a world of a strike. McGregor was not getting that at all. And when they got that goal, I was like, oh God, the heads might go down. But no, we got the goal right before half time. And uh, credit where it's due as well. Barisic, he looks like a totally, totally different player, mate. Brilliant cross, in, a brilliant cross into the box, mate. Morelos took it fantastically well. Absolutely buried it, so he did. And it was, I thought it was crucial we got that goal before half time. No, definitely. I mean, if we went in 1-0 down at half-time, um, it would have been harder to, to come back from that because they would have 
being like a half time really. It's just building this lead and um try and try and get one or two more. But no, just I just want to touch on Barry Shoes. I've been saying for months since he since he's in the club really I've said this guy's a player and fans have been saying, No, no, he's rubbish, he's this, he's that I'm like, No, he's a Croatian international is pretty much a first choice left back, but he doesn't do it for Rangers and I'm like, No, trust me, he'll come good and finally it is coming good. And that ball for me realised, I mean, literally it was like went round pinpoint Absolute inch perfect pass, and then Morelos took the wee touch, gave the keeper the eyes, and just banged in the back of the net. And I think those two are now are starting. In fact, I think Barisic in general is just starting to get more connection with the team. I think maybe the start he felt a bit distant, and the only player could really connect with his cartage. But I think he's coming to the team a bit more, he's got more camaraderie, if that makes sense. And that's helping his performances, because um, he seems to have a good partnership going down that line now. Um, but honestly, we played probably, and I thought. Just touching on Ryan Dracula, like you said, I thought he is one. I think he will overtake Davis when he eventually maybe with a coach. Though he overtake Davis as the best midfielder uh, in Scotland. I'm going to get in there and say that Davis and Jack are the two best midfield partners in Scotland right now. You notice how better we play with Ryan Jack when he's in the team. Ryan Jack is the glue of a midfield. He is. He like Davis is great. He is Davis. I love Davis. I think he's phenomenal. But. See when Ryan Jack's not on the team, we don't play as good. No, we don't. I think I think I think that's obvious, especially when he was out injured. You, you could see that. Um, I think the weekend there against against Motherwell. Yeah, I think it was obvious we were kind of missing him. Well, we, yeah, mate, we were um, crying out for Ryan Jack that game. We we were crying out for Ryan Jack against Hearts as well. Definitely, just like if we just lose that, just that that presence in midfield to like close down balls and just be that workhorse, because he allows um, Davis to, to kind of be creative and whoever else is uh, just to kind of um, be an extra man to make available. And Ryan Jack does that for the team, and so I think he's obviously I think he's back to fitness now. And hopefully, we'll get some game time tomorrow. Yeah, definitely, mate. And Holanda uh, was phenomenal. For, I thought he was my man of the match. Hollander was absolutely brilliant. I think it's, that's why um, Gerard picked him for the for the team. He's like he's got that European experience. He's he's got enough experience. But he's not too old. He's like that perfect age at the moment. Um, and he just shows he's not he's not the fastest player in the world, but he uses his his knowledge of being a defender well to to bully defenders without giving away a foul and just and he's good in the ball as well. Like he can take out a pass and um, he's just he's just an all round terrific terrific. Defender, he's almost like Clint Hill, ten years younger. Mm. Yeah, I like that analogy. Yeah, I like that. I like well, uh, not analogy. I like that comparison. Sorry, um, but this is one thing we need to bring up, Matt. Um, James Tavernier. Whoa. Um, it's a it's a topic that is dividing the Rangers support. So it is, um, but I feel as though you and I are on the the same opinion on this. We think Tav is a a great player, but he should be dropped. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think Tav on his days, definitely the best uh, fullback in, or definitely at least the best right back in Scotland. Um, he, he's, when he's on, he's when he's on his game, he's great going forward. Um, he's decent at defending, but right now he just the boy has no confidence. And um, regardless if you're captain Rangers or not, if you're being poor in form, you need dropped. Then that gives Flanagan a chance, or maybe even Matt Poster. I don't know what's happened to him. Um, but and he needs more penalty duties as well. Oh yeah, hundred and ten percent, mate. Yeah, see him taking that penalty weekend. I couldn't, I couldn't understand that. I'm like, why is Tavernier taking this penalty? It's not going to do his confidence any good. And look what happened. He missed it. He missed the penalty. And yeah, of course the fans got his back. 
Uh, one thing I will give him credit where it's true, right? He didn't hide, but the guy's not playing well, as you say, right? And it doesn't matter if he's captain or not. That doesn't make him bulletproof. He needs dropped. And see if he continues playing right and he continues making more mistakes, it's going to affect his performance and his mentality even more. It's not healthy for him. And and the same thing, though, is as well, mate, he's been playing non-stop for the past year. And I can't understand why Gerard plays him every single game, literally every game against teams like Hamilton, uh, uh, St Johnston. Like, why? Like, that's an opportunity for Matty Poster to come into the frame or John Flanagan. Matty Poster must be thinking, why did I come to Rangers? I'm not even getting a, a look in. And he's a right back, and so is Flanagan. Exactly. Like, every team, like, Matt Poster can play midfield as well. Like, every time I've seen, I've seen Matt Poster, he, he's done fine for me, he's not that football. He knows that he can pick out a pass, he looks very good at defending as well. I don't, I don't, I don't see what Gerard's issue with him is. But he's the one that brought him in in the first place, and it wasn't like it was just like it'll be spent money on it. It was a trialist, he's so what he, he's so what he, he could do, and if he decided, yeah, you're good enough for Rangers, but now apparently he isn't. I don't get it. Yeah, I feel like Gerard's stubbornness could cost him maybe in the long run. I'm not saying his job, right? I'm just saying cost them out and like dropping points and losing like and losing cup games like that kind of stuff yeah it's he needs to stop being so stubborn and just realise that a break for Tamanier out the team will help him tremendously Uh, like obviously we both agree that Tav's not a captain right I'm not saying take the armband off him I'm not saying that I'm just saying give him a rest that's all and um, yeah clearly what it's true he did uh, play a part in us getting a win against Motherwell at the weekend but still missed a penalty and I think he's uh, God knows how many penalties he's missed in the the last few months or so and it, I think he's missed like four in the last seven or something like that yeah like four in the last seven that's it's not a good record but for me I would put either Morelos or Defoe in the pens yeah where are your strikers or like even even like Barisic why not give him like he's got a free kick he may, maybe get a penalties um, just even just anyone apart from him, like, or even Davis, cool camera collected. Exactly, even Davis. Like, why not? Um, just give someone else a chance. That's why you have like second, third, fourth choice penalty takers. If your first one's injured or uh, he's not doing it, he's missing the penalties. That's why you have these other choices. But it, it, it may be maybe that we don't have those other choices, which is quite concerning. But I don't know. Something needs to change. Yeah, and he's been constantly making mistakes. Right, the game against Hearts all the week. Like completely cost us the three points. He did like just from that bad start. This like that bad start, and then we just really could not like recover from that. Yeah, we got the equaliser, um, but we just we were terrible against Hearts that day. And Tav, it was Tav's fault. Like, see, at that point, we should have been top of our Europa League group and top of the league, but we're not because of James Tavernier. It's but it, I, I feel like he but he's a scapegoat right now. But we're just being honest. He costs us young bug, uh, the young boys game. He costs us that, and he costs against Hearts. And that Hearts game, mate, we sh- that was two points dropped. Hearts are a terrible, terrible side. We should have won that. Yeah, absolutely awful. I mean, we've been saying for for I don't know months and months now how awful Hearts are. But that Tavernier mistake, like the more like I said, the the worse it gets. I mean, what's he try to do? Is it when down like the ball was basically his feet just put a foot on it and the thing was averted but for some reason he was trying to head it like he, he looked silly as well doing that yeah. what he was doing and like just in a general wide sense the goals we are losing just now 
all comes from individual errors. It's not like brilliant play by whoever's on the plane. It's just individual errors that Gerard needs to address and cut out because they like you might have, you touched on. They could come back and haunt us. Yeah, exactly, mate. And here's a question for you. Now I said this uh, to my pal during the week. I feel like James Tavenier is missing Daniel Candias because have you noticed ever since Candias uh, left, Tavenier's not been the same player. You notice that he's I not good because so. they worked well together down that right hand side and they were lethal and they were productive and they created things. But Tavenier's not got that anymore. He's not got a a good player playing in front of him in that right hand side. And in spe- and see Candias, he he has work rate was phenomenal and he would track back a lot for uh, James Tavenier and Tavenier hasn't got that guy to bounce off her. No, it doesn't. Like, someone said towards the start of the season when Candace went, um, that Tav's missing him. Yep. Um, and he is. Like, like you said, Candace would, would track back and cover Tav's position when he was up gathering that in the pitch. Um, and like you said, Candace worked his socks off, worked for the badge and he like he was good going forward and he also does def- defensive duties amazingly well. And now we've got, like, who's in front of him just now? Ojo. Oh, yeah, chops and changes, mate. Aye. Ojo, Arfield. Ojo did do well. Um, Motherwell tracking back, yeah, he done that very well. Motherwell, give him that. But any other game, he's just a bit lackadaisical coming back. And we need, we need that someone in the right hand side to help out Tav at the moment. Or, like we said, put someone else in there for the type of um, see, see, in the Portal game, we started Barker outright. How do you think he done? I thought, to be fair, I thought Barker's done well. I thought he, he didn't do much in a creative sense, but I think in terms of his work rate, he worked his socks off. And you could tell when he was coming off and he got subbed off. Um, he looked shattered, he'd put a shift in. Um, so I was, I was fairly happy with his performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I like Barker, and I, I, and as you know, when we signed him, a lot of Rangers fans were sceptical, and I was like, no, this guy, I'm not saying he's going to be a world beater, but this will be a good, solid addition. And so far, there's no complaints, is there? I've got no complaints of Barker any time I've seen him. He's put a shift in, he was great in his debut. Can't speak, I can't right. speak high enough of him right now. <laughs> no, definitely, he's a good squad, but I mean, obviously, when he's fully fit, um, Ryan Kent's number one in that position um, no question about that but I think Barker he's still young he, he could still improve uh, maybe it's at Hibs he was absolutely electrified hopefully we see that um, one of them as the squad needs to be used more of and get more games going into the season um, so I think he's a solid wee addition didn't cost a lot of money but a development free from Man City which wouldn't have been very much and he's a good, good player to have around the squad Mm-hmm. So what do you think, right? Do you think Gerard will drop Tavenier for tomorrow against Ross County? No, simple answer is no, because I think he, he needs to. Like, it's obviously an important game when he win. Uh, he's probably thinking, oh, "I need my captain for that." But I mean, it's away to Ross County. We've got a game on uh, the weekend, which arguably maybe even more important because in league games you can always make up the points. But um, in cup games, if you lose or drop point, you uh, can drop points. Sorry, if you lose, that's it. You're you're out of the cup. Um, so I put my more focus on the semi final. Um, maybe give the squad a chance to see what they can do tomorrow against you know Ross County. We should be beating them regardless of who we put out there. Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. Yeah, like you. Could, but the thing is, though, can't underestimate them. We need to. We can't put the fringe team out there. We'll need some obviously no, some big players in there, definitely. I mean, like play Flanagan's uh, give Katic a chance, you know, um, give Dockett a chance, players like that, you know. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, what, what about Ryan Jack? Would you start him tomorrow? Or save him for Sunday? I think if he will start, yeah, just give him some match fitness before the, for the semi final of the weekend. Yeah, I'd give, I'd maybe, you know, I'd play Goldson, Edmondson at the back, maybe. Edmondson's a good shout, I would start him tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, or do you go Edmondson and Cartage? I would, uh, yeah, I would go Ed, Edmondson and Cartage, 110%, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not, like, give, give Goldson a break, then you can bring Goldson Hallander back in uh, for the weekend. So Matt, what was that other thing you want to bring up there? Uh, yes, I was just want to say, I, um, I just want to touch on Joe Rebo. Because um, obviously Lee Boyer at the start of the season said, "Oh, um, are you going to Rangers? Or that'll be a bad move for his career, etc., etc., etc." The boy is now playing Europe. He's been fantastic for us for the majority of the season. He's now a Nigeria internationalist, and not only that, he scored a brilliant goal against Brazil. And it wasn't like it was a Brazil reserve side; they were playing their top class players, world class players, players who've won Champions Leagues and that. And looked them, made them look average. And uh, that's why I touched on that because I think Aribo, he's not been the best recently, but I think maybe his comments are just coming back to haunt him, especially over that international break where he looked amazing against that very good Brazil side. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that guy's there 110% got egg over his face right now. <laughs> well, definitely, definitely. I just think everything was just outrageous, man, losing a good player. Oh, yeah. So I was uh, just to wrap it up, mate, well. Do a quick round-up of uh, how the other teams are getting on in the SPFL. And then we'll do a quick a week preview of the this weekend's semi-finals. Um, so, Kamalak, Matt. Well, yeah. they're sitting third. They're sitting third, mate. And Alessio seems to have turned it round. He has. I don't think any of us seen this one coming. No, I don't think many did. Like, the way I look at it is, I think it would either go horribly... Or it could go quite well. And I was saying, give it time. He's a foreign manager. Coming to the league, he's never had any previous experience with. And he's obviously had a good career as an assistant alongside Antonio Conte, who's obviously been, he's done there in England and Italy. And that. And I thought, take give it a bit of time. And it has worked out for them. I think he'll, he'll build a decent squad, a, a decent team. Um, I don't think he'll do as well as what Clark's done, but I think um, they'll have a solid solid foundation under him. Um, Credit is sure, right? So I'm one of these people that if I'm wrong, I'll actually admit it, right? If it, when it when it comes to it, like when it comes to me talking about football, I'll admit when I'm wrong, right? Uh, but it's still a long way to go. But right now, he has turned the corner. Credit where it's due. But one thing I was going to bring up, Matt, have you noticed the Scottish media, right? We are absolutely hounding this guy, like. Saying you like I was saying as well quite early on right that I don't think it's going to work out but look at me now saying credit where it's due he's turned the corner for now but you noticed uh, members in the Scottish media have not gave the guy any praise whatsoever but this is the big question I want to bring up do you think there's a form bias from the Scottish media towards uh, foreign managers? Sorry, would you say I just kind of crackled but. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say that. What I would say is, I just think the Scottish media um, are quite poor. I think they're they're very very poor journalists. Um, hopefully, you don't become one, and you'll be one of the good ones. <laughs> oh, mate, you know I'll be one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think uh, in general, I'm not saying every single journalist, but I think a large part are just they're just poor and they're, they don't wait a minute when they're wrong. Um, I just, I just like especially the Sun. The Sun talk some amount of mincemeat. 
and some of the daily the daily record as well. Um, mm-hmm. They're probably even worse in terms of in terms of football. Um, so I wouldn't say there's a, a foreign bias here. I just think it's just bad journalism and not a bit of wrong. Have you noticed as well, um, guys like Derek McInnes are getting quite an easy ride right now from the Scottish yeah. media. Like they're not getting, he's not getting hounded, but that's probably due to the fact that he's got pals in the media, and it's that's all. That's what it is. It's all about manipulating the media, uh, from managers a manager's point of view. Because look at Brendan Rodgers, he knew himself. He knew right, and he'd be pal with the guys in the media. Because if I'm pal with them, right, are they gonna write something bad about me if I'm nice to them? No, right. And this Alessio guy just came in, and he doesn't know anyone in the media, so it's a free pass for the 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 press. To have a go at them, and and you notice as well you, when you look at, um, for example, Neil Lennon, he's he's not really been getting his thinking in the media as well because he's pals a lot of the guys in the media. It's quite a smart tactic yeah. to use though. It is. It is a smart tactic, but it's not when you see Stephen Gerrard uses because he gets he just shuts down the media. He gets asked staff questions and he just shuts them down. I don't think he's. I don't think he's Gerard, I think he's too interested in that. I just think he's more interested in football and he doesn't Aye. care what the media say. But no, if you want to be in the media's good side, um, that is definitely what I get power with him. Yeah, and see the thing is, though, the reason Gerard doesn't get it stinking in the media is, for one, he's doing a good job, and two, I think they're intimidated by the aura of Stephen Gerrard. Because yeah. they know, like, if they, like, see, just say they... Report like reported something really critical of him. It's okay to be critical, but if they reported, so, so basically just say just say they gave him the Pedro Casinha Alessio treatment, right? Gerard would call him out right in front of everyone in a press conference, and then that would be an absolute embarrassment for them. And you seen it the other week with that Luke Shanley at Sky Sports asked Gerard, um, so how do you see the manual manual Liverpool game going? And he was like, oh, I think Liverpool will win. And the guy goes, why? And then Jared's like, well, you asked me stupid questions. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's probably what they're referring to. Like, he'll call me to a stupid stuff. Um, and if he were to read something stupid, he would call them out. He's, he's, he's not fair like that. He's not been a hype end. Like, oh, well, they can do what they want. Well, yeah, they can do They can't do what they want. If they're writing stupid stuff, they need to call them out. Yeah, exactly, mate. You're spot on, man. But, yeah, Kamarnock have turned it around. So they have. And it uh, be interesting to see if they can keep it going. And... Uh, do you know another thing as well this last thing I brought up about Kilmarnock see Cut Broadfoot do you know how he left Kilmarnock and went to St Mirren to start the season yeah and he came out and he lambasted Alessio and he was saying his training's terrible and all that kind of stuff and then the media were lapping it up like you got you got the Daily Record you got the Sun uh, they got you got the Scotsman uh, like printing all these stories and they're like just lapping this up saying oh Cut Broadfoot says Alessio's training's horrific but then you get someone like Del Piero, who's a World Cup winner, saying Alessio's training is good. <laughs> so who whose opinion are you going to take? Alessio's no, sorry, um, Cut Broadfoot's or uh, World Cup winner Del Piero? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it says. I mean, it's laughable. Uh, I think what's happened there is I think Alessio's told Broadfoot, "Listen, you're not part of my plans. Get to." And then obviously Broadfoot's waiting a wee half and like, "Oh, he's training, he's rubbish," and. It's just quite funny. Do you know Broadfoot said the reason he left was it was down to him. He said the reason he left was was because he didn't like the training. He thought it was it was too much for him, and he he didn't like the way uh, Alessio's training methods uh, training methods came across. 
So essentially, it's just a lazy, a lazy so-and-so. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Motherwell, <laughs> they're doing okay right now. Sitting fourth. They lost a lot their last uh, two games, which is no good. Uh, obviously, no, there's no shame in losing Rangers, even though they didn't play all that great. I think that was down to how poor Rangers were. We were just... We are not at it, but we got the result at the end of the day. That's all that matters. Um, and there, I saw, there was a sober one losing Aberdeen for the nil other week, but it was. I think Motherwell went into that game. They they were they were on they were on a high. Their 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 form is very good. Sorry, um, they were playing well, um, and they thought Aberdeen not playing so well. Um, their confidence is low. We, we can we can we can win here. And obviously, Aberdeen beat them three 0 which was. Very much of a shock to me, and I know to maybe Josh as well. And then they come, they come to Ibrox, and I think you can maybe, maybe do something there. But like you said, there's no shame in losing the Rangers. But I think, I think Motherwell are still, are still doing well. I think they'll, they'll bounce back uh, in, the, in the coming games, and I think they should be looking to get a top four spot this season. I think they're good enough for that. Um, Hibs, um, they've not won in the last five games. No, and um, they were winning two 0 at the weekend there to Ross County, and Ross County came back made it to each. Higginbottom's future. Yeah. How long has he got, mate? He's the semi final this weekend against Celtic. That's expected to be a easy one for Celtic. Easy passage to the final. Um, where do you see it going for Higginbottom? Do you think it'll last long? I don't. I don't think it'll last much longer because obviously when he first came into Hibs. In the back end of last season, um, he was doing very well. He was getting results. I think Rangers were the only team to beat him in his first however many like first ten games, or whatever it was. But ever since last season, by like the start of this season, it's just not happened for him. I don't know if like sometimes you get new managers come in, regardless of who they are, they always get a bounce because they want to impress new manager, the players. Um, so I think that's what happened last season. And this season, they've had time to say it. They've calmed down a bit. He's he's one stands the team. It's just not working. Um, for whatever reason, I just think if it doesn't improve soon, I think they need to, they need to get rid of him and bring in like if someone like Jack Ross who knows the Scottish game a bit better and maybe a bit of a better option. Well, pardon me. It seems like the players aren't playing for him whatsoever, mate. They aren't. Uh, it just seems like there's no real game plan. There's just no urgency surrounding Hibs right now. And Higginbottom just, he even looks like he's, he just can't be bothered with it at all. And you see um, Hibs could barely sell out that allocation for this weekend. And they actually had to give tickets back. Uh, actually embarrassing. Uh, it's just like, it's a semi-final of a, of a, of a uh, major trophy. Um, you want to get as many fans there as possible and the fact that I have to give the ticket back is just, it shows the state of the club at the moment. Yeah, there's, it's a real, there's a real grimness surrounding Hibs right now. And, Higginbottom, I can't see him lasting much longer there. I really don't. No. Yeah, and is it, when you look at sorry, sorry, to interrupt here, but Camberry, you you've spoke highly of Camberry in the past. Camberry looks like a shell of his former self. It does, like like you say that. I've I think Camberry on his day is a terrific player. And, uh, could easily be a backup striker for Rangers or Celtic, in my opinion. Um, but he's just not doing it at the moment. I just think he's shot of confidence. Um, and quite rightly so like the results and having Egan Bottom in charge who just seems like a, a thug to me at times um, especially last season when he was it, he, was it, he's done something I can't remember um, I threatened to punch um, I think it was a Kilmarnock player 
No, sorry, no, no, there was a command player. It was uh, the fourth official because he didn't like the way the fourth official spoke to him. Yeah, that was it, that was it. And he just seems like a thug and that's not a manager who inspires confidence in the players. It inspires, like, who the hell is this guy? And Kimberry, I think, Kimberry, if he gets the right coach, um, someone who may just put a wee arm around him saying, listen, you're a great player, I believe in you, yada, 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 and that'll get the best out of him, not someone like Eckenbottom who'll just... Like I said, that's just a thug. So Hearts, another in my club, in doom and gloom right now. Yeah, I mean, how long, we've been saying this for literally about a year now. Right? Last season they won the first eight games or something, and they're looking fantastic. There was talk of like Hearts winning the title, and that soon disappeared. Soon disappeared, and now they're absolutely dire. I mean, they're for their points at the moment, or the points of the last eight, eight, seven, eight months. Um, has been rele- relegation for them mm-hmm. and I think they're in real danger of maybe not being relegated but they're, they're going to come in the bottom half this season mark my words the way it's going now mate yeah, the way it's going right now if there's not a change at both end of my clubs neither one of them are going to make the top six no chance no definitely not no. I mean, look at, like a, uh, we've touched on Motherwell look at teams like Motherwell that's, that's the kind of structure you want just now at the club not like um, or what we're doing um, or just plumping the ball up to him um, no like, it's just it's just neat game plan at Hibs or Hearts yeah. and like major changes needed so they're not going to make the top six um, that, I think that's just uh, it's just maybe realistic at the moment say that. Bro, like Hearts have won one league game this season Hibs have won one league game this season that's embarrassing for both Edinburgh clubs both of them have got absolute mugs for managers like Levine and Higginbottom Hagen, but we all know it like out of both of them, Higginbottom's going to be going soon. Levine, he's not going anywhere because for one, he's the director of football, and he's and two, he's calling the shots. He is and and three, he's Anne Anne Budge doesn't have a clue about football, and she is completely infatuated by Craig Levine, and she's just going along with whatever he says and giving the guy free reign to do whatever he wants. So he's he's fine. He's not going anywhere. Even though the fans are totally against Craig Levine, and quite rightly so, because they're not going anywhere while he's still at the helm. No, 100%. I think it's been funny, like, like, they started last season saying, oh, they got to cut feet on that, like, they're doing all right, and, like, the Gav was like, no, 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 like, get Levine out. Now we can see why, like, he's driving that club club, club into the ground, Um, he's a dinosaur. He's like, I mean, we could see that with Scotland joking, that was what, like five, six years ago. It's just, it's just bad for them. And the thing is, we've got like the squad as well, like it's an Asian squad. You've got like players like Berra, who, okay, on his day is decent, but like, you need, you need some fresh just in that team. I think Berra's done, to be honest, mate. I've, I've said that for, I, I haven't seen that for a while. I think Christopher Berra's way past his best. No, 100%. And he's good, but he's past his best. Like, Naismith as well. He gave Naismith a four-year contract and he's, what, like, like 33 or something. It's just mental. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't think the club's been run well at all at the moment. No, I couldn't agree more, mate. I cannot agree more. Hearts are in a bad place, the same as Hibs. Uh, but before we go, semi-finals this weekend, Rangers versus Hearts, how you see that one going? Um, I think we'll get revenge for over Hearts, obviously like Piazu, he's one of the one of the kind of small good things about Hearts at the moment. Um, gave Katic and Goldson a lot of trouble uh, in the last fixture uh, recently, but I think we'll learn from that. I think we'll bounce back. We are a two 0 win. 
Celtic, Hibs. Celtic, Hibs. Yeah, I think Celtic will do one over Hibs. I think it'll be 3 0, 3 4 0. I'm going to say Rangers Hearts will be 3 1. Celtic, Hibs will be 2 0 Celtic. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, Matt, anything else you need to bring up before we go? Is that us? Yeah, I think that's us. Obviously, not to play for a few weeks. It's good to, good to be back. As So, until next week, guys, take care and we'll see you soon.